toss that rusty old grill into the river and set the Barca lounger on fire, you have now entered the Dadward Spiral. Hi, everyone. This is officially episode number one of Dadward Spiral. My name is Aaron Pruner, and with me, as always, is... Eddie Doty. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, thanks to Dragon Wagon Radio for hosting us. If it wasn't for them, we would have absolutely no purpose in life. That's yeah. a lie. We're fathers. We have kids. We uh, that's all of our purpose. We live for media. We, we we need to make media or else we are irrelevant. That's what that's what that's what this has taught us. Well, I mean, as an L.A. native who has pretty much grown up in entertainment, I think that sums up my life. That's right. I forgot you're from here, too. Yeah, I am. we both are. We both are. So it's like it's it's uh, there's there's a very unique experience about coming from here. And having to raise a family here, I think it's also unique when you're in when you're an actor. I remember I went in for an audition once and uh, it was for a commercial and it was one of those group auditions where they brought like five or six people in. And instead of reading lines, they just wanted to have a conversation. And so the casting person was like, OK, by a show of hands, who's from L.A.? And I was the only one who raised my hand and I was ridiculed the entire time as if I was lying, like who the fuck would be from L.A. and try to pursue acting. Um, so yeah, we're apparently a unicorn, but that's not what this show is about. Dadward Spiral is a show about fatherhood. We talked about this in episode, uh, in our inaugural episode zero. Um, our main gist, our main goal is to sort of disrupt the patriarchy and blast through the tropes of fatherhood. As, uh, I mentioned last time, I never had a dad growing up and I had absolutely no interest in Anyone else's dads, my friends, I, I it was almost like this jealousy, I guess, or this anger that I never had that. And so I didn't even want to open myself to the, up to the idea of other friends who had dads. And that sort of translated into, well, I'm never going to be a father. Who the fuck wants to do that? Kids are just vomit machines. I don't want to be around that. I'm a sympathetic vomiter. Last thing I want to do is puke on my daughter's head. And then I became a dad and it has opened up this whole new uh, world for me. And I want to explore that. And that is what this show is about. And in this week's episode, we have a guest. And who would that guest be, Aaron? Santa Claus. Santa. That's no. false. No, uh, joining us today is, is a Twitter friend of mine. I don't even know how the hell we became friends on social media, but uh, Mr. Devin Sawa who many people know from the Casper movie to Final Destination to Idle Hands to being the original Stan in Eminem's Stan music video. But there's a lot more to Mr. Sawa than his work. And he is joining us today to uh, shed some light on his experience as a father and anything else he wants to talk about since we're living in a fucking pandemic. Hello, Devin. Yeah. Hello, how are you? There, there really isn't anything to talk about it, it, seven, eight months into uh, quarantining with children um, other than children. Uh, well, how are you guys doing? We're Thank good. You for having me. Of course, man. We're, we're, we're good. I guess that's like the best way to kick it off. How are you doing in all of this? Well, we're it's funny because all... I, got, I got an email from, from my son's school today uh, and they're uh, uh, offering free um counseling for for parents and kids for uh, any sort of uh issues that you've been dealing with in this whole pandemic and and uh but uh i think we're keeping it together i think we're i think we're doing okay so far considering um it's i, I feel like it's coming to an end and and uh it's been a long it's been a long journey how old are your kids uh six and four. Oh wow okay six-year-old six -year -old boy four-year-old girl and do we, do we, do we, yeah, I was going to say, do we want to like talk, like introduce the kids? Yeah. Cause you, Aaron, you have, I, my daughter's name is Lily. She's two years old. And I mean, that's a handful for me. I can't even imagine two or three, especially yeah. right now. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got, I got the three. I got a, I got a nine-year-old named Grayson. I got a six-year-old named Riker and I got an 18 year old who is currently you mean uh, climbing. an 18 month old. Let's 18 month old. Yeah. Up. No, Jesus. No, she's currently, she's currently trying to climb the dining room table. So we're going to prevent that from happening. Um, so yesterday you talked about her grabbing a kitchen knife and now she's, she, 
she's I mean, she'll head, she'll immediately try to start licking a light socket here in a second. Um, and, and she can actually pull off the little safety covers now. So that's cool. My uh, daughter just learned how to lock the door, which is fucking freaky. Riker did that, locked himself in his bedroom. I had to go in and like with a little knife, Jimmy it open. Um, thankfully, we have old locks. Uh, do, you, do you find it that, that your first child, everything was bubble wrapped and you had all the, the light oh, socket yeah. plugs in oh, and yeah. knives were at the top shelf. And then, and by the time the second one rolls around, it's like, you know, there's no not, like, knives on the ground. It's, it's, what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's some of the things, some of the, like the light sockets we still do, the locks on the drawers we still do, but things, but where we have, where you stop carrying immediately is like germs, or at least for us, yeah. like before, yeah. or like a pacifier would touch the ground. It's like, ah, pick it up with tongs and drop it into the you know the Boiler. sterilizer the little steamer guy the thing that we bought now it's like i like she will kick it under the couch i'll reach oh, under no. the couch, pull out one that's been there for two weeks look at <laughs> it and go it that's fine just you know dust it off on the on like my pant leg and then just jam it back in her mouth like that that's pretty much and she's probably stronger for it this is probably why yeah. she's so fearless because she's had to like be subjected to god knows how many but i mean that's 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 how that goes right when you have a second or third kid they kind of uh follow the first or second kid and so i've seen that with yeah. the second kids they they walk quicker they try to, to catch yeah. up with their siblings they yeah. speak quicker they walk quicker they they everything is trying to keep up to the to the one before them okay yeah and they and they see somebody their own age doing it because like yeah. you have to understand i thought about this like put yourself in a kid's perspective we as adults just look like aliens to them. Like we don't like they like we're just these weird, ugly, bony giants. Um, and we do all these strange things. We don't talk the way they talk or think the way they think. But they see someone a little more their own size that's kind of right. on their wavelength. My kid, my sons are three and a half years apart. So like you know, Riker Grayson was like kind of figuring out like still figuring out how to speak right and still figuring out how to like just fresh off diapers you know i mean like so there was some there were some similarities there that i think that the that my youngest was able to pick up on but i don't know i'm curious like my old my old brothers are all significantly older than me so i didn't and i didn't grow up in the same house with them at the same time so right. it's a weird it's a weird dynamic it's it's curious to see how like the normal interval plays out with them right yeah. yeah, you know, that's interesting. I want to get back to that in a second. But Devin, yes. you're, you're our guest. I'd love to talk yes. to you. Um, right. I'm, I'm curious about something, man. Uh, you know, when I look at your old your work when you were a lot younger, your acting work, I, I think about the stuff I did at, at a certain point in my life and how I look back at my acting work then and who I am now. And it feels like two completely different people. And I feel like part of that is becoming a father suddenly my perspective of the world has changed yeah. and my perspective on how I was, how I lived my life as opposed to how I lived my life before I was really heavily into the, like the, the Hollywood club scene. And, you know, yeah. I was doing some yeah. destructive stuff in my twenties and even into my thirties. And I'm curious um, how, how, cause I don't know. I don't know if this is something that other people go through, but do you have that sort of, experience where you look back on the work you've done and the work you're doing now and and it feels like a distant memory it does it feels if it, it, it feels like another life it's funny because i'm about to start a movie on um next middle of next month if if the coronavirus doesn't shut us down it's the only thing that could happen uh november 16th i started another movie and it's the first time it's a movie um, that's very much like Idle Hands or SLC Punk or, or these movies I was doing when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. When, when back then I was just, I was just fearless. I just didn't think about, I didn't overthink things. I, I, I you know, I remember the Idle Hands edition. Um, the, Idle Hands was not a movie that was so handsy. It, it, it kind of evolved that way because I went into this meeting with Sony and I remember loving Bruce Campbell's uh, Evil Dead so oh, yeah. much, that whole the, the plates and all that stuff, that I, I went into the Sony edition and then I just did it. I, I just like started throwing myself into the wall and slapping myself with his hand. And, and I think now, like, God, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could walk into a room full of Sony executives and <laughs> do shit like that. I was just fearless. I had nothing to lose back then. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, now yeah. I'm like this father and like I've, I've got 
all this stuff where, so now I, I got to figure out how to get back into that spot that I was in back then where, where, you know what I mean? Where I, I, I absolutely kinda, know what you mean. I used to yeah. be this pratfall uh, kid. That was like the thing I did and stuff. I did a Citibank commercial with a director named Craig Gillespie and um, didn't realize I was going to do all of my own stunts. But right. when I went into the audition, I, I went all out. I threw myself all around. And it was this, the concept of it was I walking down the street and I see a lost hamster sign, uh, a reward for a lost hamster. And then I see the hamster underneath the shirt of the woman who was posting the reward. So I go right. to try to retrieve the hamster by putting my hand under her shirt. And she beats the shit out of me <laughs> and, right. and like I'm being thrown on the ground. I'm being uh, the trash can over my head. Like I went home so bruised. They brought in a stunt double from Evil Dead 2, actually. Oh, wow. it was a Bruce Campbell stunt double came in to double me. And they did a backflip thing and he landed on his head and cracked his head open like it was a whole wow. thing. And I think back on that now, like I don't know if I could do that. And, yeah. you know, because now there's responsibility. Right? right. I'm not just living for me. Right. And and I'm curious, um, like, I mean, am I right in saying that you took a break from acting? Yeah, I. I uh, so after um, after slackers around that time, I had been working since the age of 11 straight. I mean, I did school on set. I did. You know, I, I've been working pretty, pretty hard. I was also partying really hard and it was. It started to get to a I started to get to a place in my life where it was more important which club I was going to that night, which right. list I was on, you know, that was more important than than I was starting to lose creative juices and I started doing these bad horror movies and and uh, I just I walked away for five or six years and uh, I didn't think I was coming back. I thought that was it. I was done. Um, was that when I saw place. you at the gym? I swear I saw you at a gym in Santa Monica in like 2007. Uh, uh, um, it would have been a little later than that. It might have been the end of 2008 is when I possibly. first came back to first came back to LA in 2008, and I I got I I I I, I kind of dabbled. I got a little place in Santa Monica, a little furnished apartment for a month. Went back. Then we went. You know, my wife and I we went to uh, Southeast Asia for a while, and uh, you know did some more soul searching, but. I I'd quit and um and one of the agents at the agency I was with before didn't get the memo or something. They sent me a script snail mail for for Max Payne was the movie. Mm. And um and I put myself on I thought, what the hell? I put myself on tape for it. And um all of a sudden I, you know, I got these managers calling and the agents think I'm back and they talked me into coming back down here and and uh I kind of slowly came back and and eventually landed the Nikita. And that's the first time I'd ever done TV before. And uh, that was all new. And, and kind of, then I spent four or five years on Nikita, you know, wow. Three solid years two kind of, you know, guest starring and here and there. But yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know if Eddie has anything to say of this. I know I just saw a little kid on his lap, but, you did, um, but that's all right. It, it, cause, cause that's something that Eddie and I have talked about before. Like he and I were, were, have had a past mm -hmm. and now our role is dad. And yeah. it's, it's really, it's interesting to me to think about how I, <laughs> it's like before Lily and after Lily, I, now that I'm a dad, it's like, I think about the stuff I've done in my life leading up to this. And it mm -hmm. feels like it was a completely different person, but then yeah, to go totally. back to do the thing that you love to do the acting stuff. What does that, what does that fulfill for you now in this place you're at in your life, as opposed to where you were when you were younger? Um, well, when I came back, I, I, you know, I, I just, I went away when I went away for five or six years, I started to, to dabble in real estate and stuff. And like, I, I bought an apartment and I fixed it up and it's not, and it was fine, whatever. I, I made some good money and whatnot. But when I first did the edition and when I first did my first episode of Nikita, I realized there was a reason that I lasted through my child acting career into an adult. It's because a lot of the kids on set, they were there because of their parents. Yeah. They were pushed there. You know what I mean? There was, there was a, there was a, 
you know, it wasn't 50, 50, it was more like 80, 20, where 20% of us really love to be there. We're really passionate. We, we didn't have set parents. Like when I first, my, in grade five, my, my teacher out of punishment said, you know, if Devin wants to be the center of attention, if he wants to be a class clown, he should join a damn theater company. And so that's what my parents did. They put me in this theater company and it just snowballed. And that was it. I was doing commercials and, you know, yeah. on my way. And I just fucking loved it. It was the greatest thing. So when I came back the second time, after five or six years, there had been not just the five or six years, but even after Slackers, when I was just doing crappy movies and stuff, like that, I realized right away, holy crap, this is, I like being an artist. I like doing this, man. This is, this is fun stuff. As long as I could do what I want to do. Um, and so, you, yeah, it just. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish what you're No, no. It just, it just felt right. It just felt where it is where I wanted to be. It's what I, it's what I need to be doing. So. Do you, do you feel like, you know, before and after becoming a parent, like, do you feel like your, your process as an artist has changed? Do you feel like it's better informed? Do you feel like, like your relationship to your craft? Like what, what do you feel has like evolved yeah. or changed since becoming a parent? So it's what I'm dealing with now is um, when I was, you know, a single man uh, prepping for any of these movies, there would be a lot. I would have the ability to, you know, sit in my apartment and, um, dive for hours dive into to stuff try things be by myself there's none of that anymore it's not a lot of uh not a lot of time to do that um, <laughs> uh it, it's i don't know it, it's definitely different i wish i had more time you know the kids without the kids for for prepping but you know god forbid i got rid of the kids or anything but like I, it, it's definitely um taking some getting used to uh trying to find my creative space trying to find my, like this movie starts on the 16th and, and I don't get to go to the gym to prepare it more. I don't get to, you know, go to my space and try different stuff. Cause it, it, it is kind of physical. Um, but uh, it's being dealt with the, but the other, the, the plus side is, is this, this movie is uh, it's a horror comedy and there's, there's a lot of these, we have really, really big special effects house doing it. And so my son should be able to see some really, you know what I mean? At six years old, he should be able to see some pretty cool stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, that's a plus. That's a plus. Yeah. That actually leads me to a, to another uh, question that, you know, I, it, this is a conversation that I've had with my wife a lot recently. I have yeah. a manager who has brought this to my attention uh, multiple mm -hmm. times. And, you know, I started acting professionally when I was 17. So I, I, I wasn't like, Little, little, my mom tried when I was a lot younger and there was a company called Faces International that almost tried to scam us out of a bunch of money. But right. um, this sort of fell into my lap and showed me that, yeah, this is something I should be doing. And now that I'm a dad, the, the conversation has become, well, my daughter's really funny and cute and energetic. Yeah. And yeah. what if she wants to become an actor? Do we put her into it? when she's old enough, my manager has tried to, you know, have those conversations of, well, when she's five years old, I'd love to represent her. And being yeah. that you've gone through that, you know, yeah. experience, if your kids, if your son or daughter came up to you and said, I want to be an actor, what is your, what is your response? Like, how well, do you go the, about that? That's the first thing that would have to happen. I would, my son or daughter would have to approach me and say, and show an interest in it. Um, and then, I mean, I spent the first few years in theater um, and I think that uh, I think that I would I would make them go to theater where it's they're not getting paid. They're not. It's not. Right. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not. There's no money involved. It's all about learning the craft, learning, you know, theater sports, theater sports. It builds um, so much confidence in actors um, once, you know, once you get to a certain age, you have to tone it down a little bit. But um, I think that I would just push them in that direction of 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 first maybe the local community theater and then maybe there's a bigger theater like uh you know whatever it is but i don't i don't i don't i wouldn't be bringing my kids to additions unless after a little bit of theater they were like you know what i really really love this i, I would really love to go to an audition if, if they were really showing an interest and in pushing it but i see kids i mean I'm, I'm in calabasas right now so i see parents like the low some of the parents that we are, are around are they've got their kids they got agents already they're four oh, years I get old it. they're you know what i mean it's like I mean, do what you got to do. I, I just, I don't think that I would because I, I saw both sets of kids. I saw the kids yeah. didn't want to be, especially on Little Giants was was the perfect example of the movie that 
there was 80, 20, 80% of the kids there, maybe even higher than that, didn't want to be there. They were found in a mall somewhere across the nation. Their parents brought them over to be stars. Um, and they just didn't want to be there every day. And you could see it. And they hated it. They absolutely hated being there. And there was a few of us who had come from actual acting worlds where this is what we want to do. And we, you know, what's, you know, we want to rehearse. And it was, it was, um, so I know the difference between the two sets of kids. And I would have to make sure my, my kid was the kid that wanted to be doing it, whatever it was, you know? That leads yes. me to, that leads me to a question. Like what is, for you and you know, for your kids, what is, do you think a healthy way to have them pursue hobbies and extracurriculars and like when they seem interested in stuff, because every parent I think has a different approach to it. Like some are like, right. they need to do something physical. They need to do something musical. They need to do something artistic. Like, but so, and, and my wife and I have had this discussion of like, how prescriptive do we want to be? How much do we want to lead them and yeah. say, you're going to try this? And how much do we want to follow them? But kids' interests can be very fickle and they can yeah. like sometimes <laughs> lose interest on things. So like, yeah. and we're always trying to find that balance. What, what, what's like your approach to that when it comes to your kids? Well, when I was a, when I was a kid before the acting had started and as the acting was going, my, I come from a small town in, in Canada, just outside Vancouver, uh, hockey town, you know, it was sports town, whatever. And my father was very into sports and he, and, and I hated sports. I, I love sports, but I hated going to sports with him because if you had a bad game, you knew about it. I remember many, many games after the game, I would be in tears if my father said I had a lousy game or I looked like a slug or I was, you know, whatever it was. And it was, it was, and, and that's maybe another reason why I gravitated towards acting too, is because he knew nothing about acting and didn't really get it, didn't understand it. And so he just left me alone to do whatever I did. Um, so I think my, my approach, cause you know, you always want to, uh, every generation wants to get better than the last generation that, that raised them. And I think my approach now is, as I want to make sure my, my kid is enjoying himself in whatever he's doing. You know what I mean? If we bring him to soccer, that's what everybody's doing around here is everybody's going to soccer and he's enjoying it, which he is at this point, then, then great. And that's, that's, and, and of course I'm going to be like, Hey man, you know, you should kick the ball like this or, you know, give him a little pointers. But if he, at the end of the day, he's not having fun, then, then I don't want him to be out there not having fun. You know, it's funny you say that. Cause like we, when, my oldest, uh, Grayson, when he was like two and a half, three, we're like, we just want him to move around. So we got him to like kids gymnastics yeah. and he right. enjoyed that. And then he got older. And so then, you know, it, they, it, it, he became part of like the, the junior team. And then it was like, okay, they're old enough to go to competitions now. And then before we knew it, this seven-year-old at the time kid was doing three nights a week, two and a half hours each time, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. Friday. And then there were meets and then there was, and it just got out of control. And we're like, he seems to enjoy this. And then one day he was just like, I don't enjoy this anymore. He's like, I love my coach. I love my teammates, but I don't like doing, he was exhausted every time yeah. he came home and we're like, okay, well, and you're gonna and you were, you were exhausted as well, probably and like, broke like gymnastics <laughs> is so expensive yeah. and like because yeah. then there's travel and you got to pay coaches fees and all this other stuff Sweet. and so we had a conversation we were like what you're going to do something else we're, you're not going to stop doing this and then do nothing so like right. what would you like to do and so we we spent about two months like taking them around to different um places and just happened to we just happened to move right next door or up the street from um my old my friend's capoeira school and okay. he saw capoeira and like it's an afro brazilian martial art with gymnastics involved oh, cool. oh i know and, what um, it is yeah, dan yeah. dance I've fighting seen the movie yeah, yeah only yeah. the strong yeah there you go um with iron chef as the as the lead um but no like it's and so he loved that and he fell in love with that and he does that and it's only oh, cool. twice a week you know and he's he's in less he's not in great of shape as he was when he was doing gymnastics, but, gym, but that's fine. He doesn't need to get yoked at 10. Right. Um, you know, so it's like, <laughs> it, it's, so for us, it was like finding that balance. And I'm always just, I'm always fearful. Like, are we pushing enough? Are we not pushing enough? Are we, yeah. you know, and I, and I don't know the answer to it. Um, so I'm Man, always there's, interested. There's in no manual for the whole thing, but yeah. like what I, what I noticed before the pandemic pandemic hit, um, it was the opposite of the pandemic. We, we had like, he was in jujitsu three days a week. He was in soccer. He was in, uh, you know, roller skating. He was in this, he was in that. And it's just like, how do you, it's just so, so much. And then my daughter's, she's getting of age to, she's getting into it. And 
And I mean, not only are they burnt out, but we're burnt out too. So I think once the pandemic lifts, we're, we have to zone, you know, zero in on which, which one we want to do, you know? Well, I'm curious about something then. Uh, now we're in a pandemic and my, uh, yeah. obviously my daughter is not old enough for school, but like, how do you, <laughs> I'm assuming you've got a backyard and activities, but how the hell do you keep them active and busy when you're stuck indoors? Uh, just recently, my wife started taking our daughter to dance class, which yeah. is like, mind you, this is at a place that she works at. So they are free classes, but still I had a fucking panic attack when right. we, when it first happened, because like, this was still, this was a few months ago. They had just opened. There were other kids. There were teachers, people with like the shields over their faces and kids right. are already germ magnets. I'm curious, like, you know, what, what, how you have two, he has three. How do you do that? It, my, my daughter did an outdoor gym uh, dance class today. They all have little towels spread out six feet apart with their little masks on. It's, it's set We're, you know, my wife and I've had a lot more conversations lately about, the psychology of all this now, the, the, what are we, because, you know, my son is at an age of six years old where he should be out, you know, scrapping with the other little boys or, yeah. or skinning his knee or, or, you know, learning stuff. That, yeah. You know, other little boys should be learning. And, and my, my daughter is only four, so she's not quite, it's not, we're not quite as worried, but he's at this age where, you know, we're at this He's, point where they're learning their social skills and how they interact with yeah. other kids. And if yeah, we're how, how what long this is going to take my daughter already, I've seen how she interacts with kids and she's so standoffish and freaked out by the energy. I took her to the park the other day right. and she was pointing at kids, but she wouldn't go near them. And I'm like, am I raising an antisocial girl? And is it because right. we're locked at home? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I, I remember some of my some of my earliest memories. Most of my earliest memories are around his age. Six. I remember, my, like when I met my best friend at six. When he rode up to my house, and we had just moved to the house. He rode up to his house on on his on his mongoose, and I had my diamond back, and we that was it. We were off for the summer, you know, jumping jumps and 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 stuff like that. It's just there's. I remember so many memories from from the age of six and seven, you know. And I'm just hoping that this isn't a long term you know i do what's the alternative you know uh the alternative i guess is to just uh call everything a hoax and well the problem here's the problem about your life i i am a believer in in the coronavirus and i think we should do whatever the scientists doctors yada yada blah, blah blah but even if i wasn't if i was if i was like okay this thing is bullshit i'm just gonna go about my life you can't do that in la Everything shut no, down here. I know. You can't. Well, I mean, where do you want me to go? I, they, you go to the park. People are walking around in masks. They're ready to like punch you if you get within their six feet bubble. It's it's out, out here, man. It's nothing is open. The malls are closed. Or everything's. It's just. It's, we're on total lockdown. Yeah, I know. I, I'm in LA too, and yeah. uh, but like I'm in Sherman Oaks, and I took my daughter to the park the other day, and it was like people were behaving like there wasn't a pandemic really? at all. There was a dad next to me pushing his daughter with a mask around his neck. Yeah, just playing around on his phone, pushing his daughter on the swings. And there was just yeah. a bunch of parents and kids running around, mm. touching a bunch of shit. And it, I'm like, guys, <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're pretty, you they're know, pretty up, uptight out here. They're pretty like they're pretty. I'm familiar with Calabasas. I got friends yeah. out there, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Speaking about that. OK, so we're talking about this lockdown and the 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 bubble that we are now currently living in and you briefly mentioned living in south asia or visiting south asia and yeah, I've, been a I've i've seen you talk about greece i think it was greece uh, yeah. you want to move to uh, get a house out there we're, and i'd love we were to talk planning to, to get a house before before this whole thing went down we were we were talking to real estate agents about getting a small little you know uh house in greece and and um we, we've my kids have uh we've every time i get a little bit of extra money or whatever um instead of you know flashy vacations or cars or anything like this i try to take them you know and they're nothing glor glamorous at all they're really we, we fly over to southeast asia we stay in little huts we stay in we we kind of just travel we go for we go for multiple months the most expensive thing is the is the flights over there and once you get over there you yeah you you know you can uh, money goes a long ways but they've been to uh vietnam twice they've been to uh uh thailand they've been to you know philippines greece they we, we try i'm trying to like give them an you know, education how, give them an education on the world and and the people and how we're all just you know 
we're all just the same living on this crazy rock, doing different things. And, and, you know, and, and we're all amazing people. And we're, I'm just trying to, t- I'm trying to instill that in my kids. You know what I mean? I'm I do. To- um, how, how do you view that now though? Like everything is locked down. No, like countries are closed off to Americans. My wife has been dreaming about going back to Paris and she's been yeah. teaching herself French now. And it's like, it kind of feels like we are, I mean, it, doesn't kind of feel it feels like we're isolated we're isolated in many ways and one of the things that it's one of the reasons why i flocked to everything anthony bourdain did because i'm already a sarcastic son of a bitch but like his tone but also his uh modus operandi for how he took us to different places in the world and even like the craziest place you could think of we're all still the same and it's something that phil rosenthal is doing with his show uh, somebody feed Phil on Netflix. Yeah, and I've seen I, it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I feel like that is so important, especially now. Um, do you still have those plans? Yeah, you- yeah. We, we, we. Um, I was working in in Israel, uh, in Tel Aviv, and also Bulgaria, and so my my wife wanted to come over and visit, and and we decided to meet in Greece with the, with the family. And so, so she flew the family over there and she went to Rome first with the kids and then met me in Greece. And we just fell in love with Greece. We fell in love with Crete. We fell in love with the people, the food, the, it was just amazing. And we thought, why don't we, why don't we kind of try to get a place here because it's, it's right dead smack in the middle of everything. So it would be home base. That would be, you know, we could take a boat over to Italy. We can, we can drive up this week. We can, it's, it's, you know what I mean? That's home base, but that's, that is our, that's our end game right there. That's what we want to do. We want to have our spot there. That's, that sounds like the dream, man. Yeah. That, yeah. The, um, and I'm curious, like going back to what you're saying about getting experiences for the kids, like how much, I think that's so valuable uh, because mm-hmm. it's very easy to like, splurge on toys it's very easy to splurge on things it's very easy and you do want that right you do want like the playtime you do want like the things that they can sure or but what why do you think where do you think that comes from with you and your wife and and was that something you actively discussed prior was that just something quarter who you were and your experiences growing up or was it as many of us are we had the opposite growing up and so therefore we wanted to provide something different for our kids so I went growing up until I got to, before I got Casper, I was pretty isolated in, the, in, in my small little town of Canada. And, and that's all we knew. And, and even we didn't I mean, we got a couple of the, t- the American stations. We got a fraction of the American toys, uh, this and that. But once I got Casper and was flown down to Los Angeles, it, 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 my career opened up this door. I did a movie in Savannah, Georgia. I went to Calgary. I went to Toronto and I started traveling and my family changed. My family my father, who had never really gone on a side of the bank where he started to travel. And so it started opening him up and he was all of a sudden, okay. And we just started, my family just started being educated to the world. And, um, and uh, it's something I've always done. I've always traveled and I've always met different people and, you know, had different experiences. And I mean, some of the things that like, we went to this, uh, we went to this random park in the middle of Saigon and, uh, my son was, it was the first time we had gone there. My son was four at the time or three and a half, three and a half or four or something like that. And he just went to the playground and played with these two little Vietnamese kids who were also three or four. None of them spoke a lick of, well, the, I mean, the two Vietnamese boys could speak to each other, but they didn't, they weren't able to speak to my son, but they played for a good hour and they just, they, they just played because they, they knew how to play and, and that was it. They didn't need to speak. Right. They, just fig- they figured it out. And it was awesome to watch and it was awesome to see my son, you know, having that experience and, and yeah. And then, you know, just the different things that we, we try to do is just makes it all worth it. It does. And it, you know, there's, I, I grew up uh, fairly poor to the point where uh, the idea of traveling was never an option ever. And it got yeah. so ingrained in my brain that I had up until six years ago, never left the country. Uh, I had never been out of the country uh, aside from driving to Mexico. Um, And it, it, I feel like there's a lot of people who live by this idea that traveling is so out of their reach, either monetarily or, or just a super scary thing or just not something that you should do. 
And yeah. as soon as we, so we went to Germany and France and it yeah. was first off. Uh, oh, and we also went to Japan a few years after that. The, oh, wow. the culture shift, like just uh, you're very aware when you touch down in America is all I'm saying. Cause yeah. it's uh, I'm not even going to say why I'm saying that, but like going to France, going to Germany, going to Japan, you get such a different perspective of everything, but at the same time, it, it, you're right. It touches on this. We're all the same sort of uh, yeah. theme. We do, we do, we do different stuff. I mean, we've got different stuff. We've got different, but we're really all just, we're just all living on this big thing, this big spinning thing. And it's, it's, you realize that it's funny because people, people in Los Angeles will go on about like, Oh my God, you went to Vietnam with your four-year-old and your two-year-old. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, though. Is, is that safe? And I'm like, right. dude, you live you live in Los Angeles. You realize yeah. that, right? <laughs> right. You're in Los Angeles, one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Like, but I'm like, sure they probably have seen those videos of like all the scooters crowding the streets and it being and like this crossed, organized chaos. Crossed, I'll show you. I'll send you a video. We crossed those massive, like moped crazy streets and, and it's like the parting of the red sea where they just kind of like they ride around you as you're walking great and, and and we got a stroller and we had a kid on our shoulders and i'm holding my wife's hand it's how like, do you know crazy. to go or do you just just dive in you just gotta trust oh what's going on God. yeah you that would give me a heart it. attack <laughs> that would give me a heart attack before we started recording you and eddie were talking about jujitsu and i feel oh yes we're talking about Saigon and I just mentioned Anthony Bourdain and he was into jujitsu yeah. yeah, and he, he wanted to move his family to Vietnam. And um, I feel like this is all sort of falling into this uh, place of like, you know, it, we talked and we will continue to talk about America's perspective of fatherhood and the expectations behind it and how we're all just expected to show up and do the bare minimum. But you're going out and you're putting your kids into real world situations that mm -hmm. aren't real world situations by what most people's understanding is. It's right. actually yeah, the no. real fucking world. Yeah. And that sounds dangerous, but like there's kids in Saigon, you know, they've yeah. grown up in that reality. And I think that that is a, uh, just at least one, detail of like this bigger disconnect that we all are continuing to live through. Yeah. That's, that's, I think it's such a good point because like I, to that point, I, you know, you guys were talking about um, traveling and stuff like that. And, and, and Aaron, you wanting to travel. I moved every school year from kindergarten through like seventh grade. And I was not in the same city for more than 10 months at a time because we followed my mom's career in aerospace and she was in demand and she was being like hired. You know, we bounced back between like Florida and living, we were living in Florida when the challenger blew up. Like we were oh, part fuck. of that. Yeah. Uh, my mom worked on the challenger, like, and then oh, she wow. had like work on the investigation of what went wrong wow. and wasn't her fault. Uh, and then good to know, just, just one, two, three, not it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and then they, um, but then like we bounced back and forth between LA and like central California and like, um, and because of that, all I wanted was like a quote unquote normal childhood. I wanted right. like, cause I, like when I finally did settle, all my friends were like, Oh, I've my best friend for the last, you know, since we were five. And it's like, cool. I don't, I could not tell you what my five-year-old best friend's name was if he held a gun to my face. Right? right. So, but what I'm finding now is, and how, what I'm realizing, especially like from early adulthood on was living across the country, living in both Orlando, Florida and Henderson, Nevada and San Diego and San Francisco and Santa Rosa and all these other places was really seeing like how different people understand and interpret what, uh, you know, what a dad's role is in that. Like the idea the, when we lived in Northern California, the idea that my dad was just like had a job and not a career and was really to support my mom's career. That was kind of okay in the eighties, but it definitely wasn't okay when we lived in the South. It definitely wasn't okay when we lived in other parts of the thing. And so I'm wondering right. like, even in California, do you find that like, cause I, I'm sure you consider yourself like a really involved dad. Like, do you find do you find nowadays there's less of that? Do you find nowadays that there's still remnants of like people expecting you to do less because you're the dad and not the mom? Like what, like in your peer group, like what do you encounter? 
Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, my wife actually just started working uh, full time and, and um, I don't, since, since I've become a father, the, the, my work has been, I've been, I've been uh, fortunate enough to do a couple of movies a year um, and they only, they only take a month each. So I disappear for, you know, three, four weeks. And then I come back for like five months and just, so I'm really, I'm here a lot. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I think it does because like you have, I mean, your career, like you, you can be very intensely on at work and yeah. then, and then a hundred percent dedicated to being like dad. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and right, I think that works for, and for, right now my wife, uh, she, she went back to school to, to become a interior designer. Um, and, uh, she right out the gate, she booked this incredibly huge job doing a house in Malibu. Um, and so she just, it went, it went to where she's now working all the time and I'm, I'm doing all the dad stuff and it's working out great. I mean, I'm, it's, it's, we're adapting, we're adapting well. I think, I think that, that the key to our relationship is, is we, we do everything 50, 50. There's not, yeah. there's not something, I mean, we're not from the old school family where, yeah. you know, the, the wife does the dishes and cooks and does the laundry and the dad fixes the car, which is good because right. I can't fix a car. Uh, <laughs> Neither can I. Exactly. Not only any of us I just changed know. the wiper blades the other day. That's pretty much how deep I, I go. I don't even know if I could do that, but I'm, I'm at the point we're at the, we're the, in a relationship where we just try to handle 50, 50 of the, yeah. and she's better at some shit than I am. And I'm, I think I'm better. I'm hoping I'm better at some other stuff. And we just try to, we just try to, we just try to, you know, do things the the, the, the 50, 50 and, and that's it. Well, not the, let's uh, talk school. about that 50, 50 thing. You and I actually had a, a conversation, I think a month or two ago about cutting back time on Twitter and, right. uh, and, uh, over this past six months, like right when the pandemic started, my anxiety went through the roof and yeah. I only learned about two months ago that I was taking a cocktail of herbal supplements that I thought was going to help my anxiety and help me sleep, but made it mm. much worse. And oh, wow. the one place that I threw all of my anger and anxiety and negative thoughts was Twitter and Facebook. And yeah. I started getting friends saying, Hey dude, are you okay? My wife had had to have a talk with me. I was uh, affecting my mom who is disabled and lives down the street. And I'm like kind of her part-time caregiver. And right. you and I had that conversation about sometimes you just got to put your phone down and look up and be in the moment with your kid. And right. I'm, I'm, curious how that has gone for you because especially uh, you're very active on social media, but yeah, I've noticed that, that you're more so active in the evening. And is that because right. you're helping out in uh, the, the homeschooling the stuff? Kid, I got the kids going and I try not, I try not to have my phone in my hand or it gives my son the ability to use that against me, you know, like yes, oh, you're just on your phone, you know? So I, I try, I try to not have in the day, but I think that I, I it's crazy. We're and I'm hoping that November third will change everything again. Um, because before I would just write nonsense on Twitter and talk about the UFC, and that was all I would do. And it was like take it or leave it, and it wasn't so important. But I feel like I've developed this, you know, this crusade of into politics and and let's get <laughs> Trump out of here. And like I'm like, who am I? Am I is this really? Is it we're in a pandemic? Is it, I mean, I, the guy's got to go, but. Um, it's just, I don't know. I think, I think that at some point, you know, you gotta, I'm going to have to veer off of it too. It's, 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 I do feel like every time you post just some, I'll read your stuff and sometimes it'll just be like the most random thought and you'll get like thousands of likes and all these like angry trolls coming out to attack you. Yeah. Some like thing where I read, I'm like, well, that probably was just a spur of the moment thought that he put out into the world. Right. Yeah, I've said. I think there's been a handful of things that I've, 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 I've tweeted, and you know, ten minutes later, I'm, I'm, I'm like, man, you know, maybe that, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah, but, but I guess nowadays, I guess, uh, I guess what I guess I wanted to talk about was was knowing when to stop, knowing when to put it down, and and being, I guess, cognizant or mindful of how you being on your phone or doing something on your computer can affect the kids that are right there in front of you. Cause I found myself falling into that trap. 
Yeah, I don't want them to see. I don't want their memories of me at this age to for me to always be in huddle because you see it at the park. Yes, and you see you see parents at the park and they're just in their phone and it looks awful. It looks it looks like they're so the kids just you know just standing there looking up at a tree or whatever it is they're doing and the, the parent is just glued into what is obviously more important than their child at a park. Absolutely, um, and I don't want to be that guy. It's funny because when I when I work when I go to set I have one of my rules is I, I don't bring my my phone I do not bring my phone to work with me I will not I, it doesn't matter if I have a break for an hour and I have to sit in that chair you won't see me with a phone I will not bring a phone I think it's distracting I think it brings me I, I try to do that with my kids I, I don't do it as much um, but I don't want them to see me you know glued to my phone yeah. all the time so it's probably why you see more of my tweets you know seven eight nine and then right. the weirder right. ones eleven twelve. I saw this video today online from Access Hollywood talking about uh, Devin Sawa, who was caught with his pants down in the background of his kid uh, being in class. (laughs) First of all, it never happened. Uh, never, really? <laughs> no, it never happened. I, I sometimes I write things on on Twitter that I think will be funny and like, oh my god, that's me. I got caught with my pants up, and then and then and then. you know, Axis Holiday or Entertainment Tonight. I think it's, it's never something that I think. Like I wrote, I'm ready for a Casper sequel now, and it went, it went nuts. People went yeah. nuts with it. It was like it was a bunch of articles. I was like, I was just kidding. I was, you know, I, I don't, I wasn't caught with my. It was funny though. I think they, I think they um, edited for an update saying it never really that I was joking or something. But uh, you know, like I said earlier, my daughters too. Eddie's kids are old enough uh, to have this uh, uh, school at home situation. Uh, how have you been able to adapt to that? I've seen some of your updates of helping uh, your kid through class. And w- yeah. I mean, what's that like? What What should I be preparing myself for? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm I'm I have a I have so much respect for teachers. Look, not every person could be an actor. Not every person could be a mechanic. Not every person could be a plumber. Not every person could be a pilot. I definitely can't be a teacher. I don't have the patience. I don't have the attention span. I don't, I, I, I it, it's, but I'm trying, I'm trying my best. I got to sit yeah. there for, for three, four hours. And, you know, well, I, he might have, my son is very energetic. Uh, my, one of the things my wife is better at, she, she seems to have an easier time doing it than I do, but it's, it's, you know, I think, you know, as teachers, they're, they're good. And like, I think the parents need that three or four hours a day when those kids go to school. You know? Yeah. I, so. yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a conversation we've been having here. Like if this is going to still be going on in a year, do we look into daycare? Do we, you know? Right. She's I mean, two and I, a half. She's two. She just turned two, two. in September. So you're going to be okay. I think, I think we'll, yeah. we'll be up and running by next September and, and daycare. I can't speak positively enough about daycare. Like daycare was yeah. so in, instrumental to, but daycare during a pandemic. That's what I'm talking yeah, no, about. I know. I get it. I, I totally, I like, you know, my wife teaches dance, but at her school, they're doing those learning pods and yeah. expensive as hell. But you know, like just, there was a thing where my wife and my oldest son had to go out of town for a few days for a family thing. Um, and so I was crazy in the middle of work. And so I dropped my son off my, my youngest son at, um, at a learning pod for three days. And those three days where he had like the focus of an adult helping him and the focus that wasn't us, you know, and like, and a, and a space that was designed to like learn in right. and other kids, his age, even though that everyone was masked, everyone was distanced, every precaution in the world, um, in, in, a, in a well-ventilated, you know, semi-outdoor space, um, man, it made all the difference. Like the teacher even commented, like he's so much more responsive this way. And we're like, if we could afford to do that daily, we would, cause it's like, it's like 50 bucks a day. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it can be expensive. It can be, it can, it can add up, but like, so I don't, you know, look, I don't know what the future of it is. Like every time we feel like we make progress, we seem to backslide a little bit. I think what's realistic is that we're going to have moments where things open up and then things will have to tighten up for a few weeks and then things will open up and we're going to probably do this dance for a while based on everything yeah. that's available. So I think like part of the dance is going to be figuring out safe ways for at the very least kids to be around other kids. They just opened up playgrounds in LA County. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, and all the parents were on their phones when I was there. 
The, yeah. the, you know, yes, but I will say, like, I, I took, I was having a conversation with another dad there today, and he was about to have his second son. And he was just asking me questions about. I told you, you have the answers. I don't have the answers. I, as I've, as I said to you, <laughs> you have I said three kids. This is what works for us. This is what we found to be true. You will find other things to be true, but I hope in what worked for us, that there's something that for you that can work as well. And uh, I that, think that's, like that's. The, Go ahead. The, 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 with having every answer, I mean, the, every kid is so much different. You know, what works for one kid is, is definitely like, like there's kids that are probably doing this homeschool thing where they sit there for three or four hours glued to their papers. You know, this is what works for them. They're constantly, my kid is probably a lot like I was when I was, cause I did, I did, uh, like I did set school. So I had one teacher over me right. all the time and it's the worst. Yeah. That sucks. And, and, I, and I can't, and, and so like, you're not at school for three or four hours a day. You're at school with one guy watching you. You know what I mean? So you can't do what you would have done in school where you, you know, look around or zone out for a second or do whatever it is. It's socialize with other kids in class that are not actors. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Every kid, every kid is, is a lot different. I mean, I, we, we have a couple yeah. of friends and we look at their kids and they're, they're just so quiet and they play quietly and they read a book and they, you know, and we're just like, damn, how do we get that? <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I have that except she protests when she goes to bed. So that's going to be a really insane thing for me next week when my wife is gone and I get to put my daughter to bed. It's going to be, we're probably going to be putting like a sleeping situation in the living room. I'm going to put up a tent. We're going to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I'm going to make it oh. an event. Um, I nice. want to, I, I, we're getting to the point where we're probably going to be wrapping this up, but I want to ask one big thing that's on my mind and I'm sure a lot of parents minds uh, for at least for the next week or two Halloween. Yeah. Not right around the not, corner. We're not doing it. Really? We're going to, we're going to do a lot of like what you were just talking about. We're going to uh, uh, on the day of Halloween, we're going to carve the pumpkins. We're going to, we're going to set up some scary forts. We're going to put on some scary movies. We're going to, we might do a We might do a couple of drive, drive, Right, we just did like one. Di different friends and and go to the door and and but we're not going to do a neighborhood. Uh, yeah, a neighborhood right. watch. Uh, uh, There's some really because... cool neighborhoods nearby her who do like really big Halloween oh, yeah. stuff. And Halloween is crazy for it. Yeah, we did a drive-through experience that was like a paid thing over right. here in the valley. And oh yeah, there's one in down the street. Yeah, we'll we'll do one of those too. Are you are you in like are you in like the West Valley area? Like there's one there's one oh, in Canada Park. Yeah, uh, by the by the uh, where they do the ice skating rink. Every that's year where, where that's what. Yes, that's yeah, Hauntoween. It's called Hauntoween, oh, yeah. and it was put yeah. on by uh, Party City, and I guess sponsored <laughs> by What We Do in the Shadows, which yeah. is a very weird combination. It was sponsored by Witches, that new uh, okay pathways. Yeah, then it was a different thing each it was, night. It was good. Like they they had like these little they like put candy in. They like literally threw candy into the car. They had wow. like all these little setups. They had all these like actors. It was it was fun. It was cute. Like that's the kids cool. kids loved it. They still got a big ass bag of candy. So yeah. that's that's good. But I mean, uh, I, do we all agree that going trick or treating is just a risk? Yeah, Don't want to deal with that. Probably nothing would happen. But but I mean, if we all just if we all here's the thing with this whole pandemic, my opinion of why it's worked in every other country and not ours is because if we would have just shut everything down for like like if we would have just shut down, we can't just we can't shut California down and leave Florida open. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You yep. know what I mean? It, you can't. You can't shut New York down and leave all the fucking states surrounding it open. It's just. It's. Yeah, it's, that's why it's that's skyrocketing why, right now in the Midwest. Yeah, no, I I get it, and it's. So it's, if we all just stayed, like they're talking about opening Disneyland, and and it's uh, like, come on, we we just we all just need to stay. If we all as a as a country just stayed in for four weeks and and brought it down we we might get some we might be like some of the other countries yeah yeah i'm a big you know halloween I mean? fan and i wanted to introduce my daughter to it mind you she's really young but yeah. i went on this i was like well fuck if trick-or-treating isn't happening i'm gonna decorate the living room and i went on a mission to target to find some cheap stuff to put up just so she kind of understands what pumpkins are and what halloween is right and we just took her to a pumpkin patch uh this past weekend to go pick out pumpkins. And I mean, aside from that, we had this idea of maybe having her walk door to door in our apartment to knock on each door to trick or treat and us giving her some sort of 
surprise, but I just wanted to see what you guys were thinking that you were going to be doing because uh, I think the apartment thing is, is completely fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's if everybody has, uh, I mean, you could always slip a little note under. No, I mean, door to door inside our apartment. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I don't, I don't trust the people in my, <laughs> my neighbors. So fuck right. them. Um, <laughs> but, you know, no, seriously, Eddie, I could tell you stories about this building. Um, I had an anti-Semitic Russian woman set fire to our landlord's truck last year. Holy shit. Yeah. And I, I found the truck on fire. And if I didn't find it on, you know, when I did, it would have burnt our carport down. Like, like, is that Hollywood? Is that Hollywood? I'm in Sherman Oaks. It's not even Hollywood. It's like, it's Sherman Oaks is (laughs) Sherman Oaks is great though. I'm envious of you guys, you know, Eddie's on his way to moving into a house. You live in a house. My wife and I have been talking about moving into a house, but God damn the, the cost of living in this city is. Yeah. Well, that's what we're, we're, we're thinking about moving out of the city. We're downgrading. We could, that, we, we could split this house into a place in Greece and a place in, you know, somewhere else. Right. And, you know, for the, for the price, it's just, we, it's crazy here. And it's not even, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Calabasas fan. I really am not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> going down to that uh, outdoor mall. What's it called? The Calabasas. Um... The Grove or not the Grove, the, uh, the commons. Yeah. I got hit yeah, by a car in that. Jumped fucking parking lot some Jesus. soccer yeah, mom re- no i mean i wasn't i i just soccer mom was <laughs> packing up in her with a little toy poodle on her lap and not looking in the rearview mirror and i'm walking i got hit god damn it that's an emotional support dog yes <laughs> but not supporting me um uh, my dog cannot emotionally support himself let alone <laughs> he's well, just, he's literally just sitting in the corner going like what the hell um devin we yeah. could probably keep talking to you, but um, uh, we're not going to. Okay. <laughs> right, well. that's, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> no, that's, no, no. I, I mean, I'm looking at the time here and I'm like, it's eight o'clock and I'm already feeling like it's bedtime for me. But uh, seriously, though, this has been this has been a really cool conversation and it's been a great way to really kick off our show. And when I was talking to Eddie about this uh, yesterday, I was like, I want to start off the conversation with him about final destination and, and the concept of how death is an inevitability. And now that I'm a father, I really do feel like death is around every corner waiting for me and there's danger in everything. And it's really amplified my neurotic Jewishness. And that's, Eddie, that's final destination six. You just figured it out. It's, <laughs> it's, it's final it's destination six is kids. Like a parent, a parent sees kids dying. And like, it's, and, it's and, called and, the and, father and, destination. Yeah, all those things, all the, all those things you think your kid's going to die of is how the kids keep going. One kid, electrical saga, one kid drinks, uh, one kid, you know what I mean? That's the, that's the final destination six concept. All right. Uh, we're going to write it and you're going to come back as a dad. Let's, let's fucking make go. it happen. <laughs> um, De- Devin, if, uh, I'm assuming people know where to find you, but if they don't, can you tell our listeners where they could find you online? Uh, uh, Twitter, Devin E. Sawa, uh, Instagram, Devin dot Sawa. And that's it, man. And uh, yeah. Do you have any parting words of wisdom before we go? No, I think that, uh, <laughs> nothing 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 wisdom me but uh you know parenting is is there's no there's no manual there's no handbook it's just you know just enjoy it and and use common sense and and don't worry about other people that's somebody gave me some great advice this producer on a show he says there's always going to be those parents that say their kids are perfect and there's nothing wrong with their kids and their kids do this and their kids are the greatest and great and they're fucking lying because everybody's yeah. everybody's kids do some wacky shit and you know what it's we're all we're all in it so yes you're, you're li- as you're as you're dropping the chaos about, you're hearing my daughter completely annihilate my living room uh, <laughs> which i mean that's i don't know how to sum it up more than that yeah um, well, uh, Devin, thank you for joining us. Uh, if any of y'all want to follow Eddie and I, um, I'm Aaron Pruner. I'm, I'm Aaron Flux on Twitter, Aaron W. Pruner on Facebook, and the same on Instagram. Um, Eddie? Yeah, you know, if, if you, for some reason, want to follow me, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why. But you can follow me at Twitter at Kirby.Matrix, Instagram, same thing. Over at Twitch, you can follow me at twitch.tv slash dork 30 And a uh, big thank you to Dragon Wagon Radio for hosting our show. You can find them at dragonwagonradio.com uh, on iTunes, 
iHeartRadio, Stitcher, all all the podcast places. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you all and wish you a happy Halloween. And if for some reason this episode doesn't go up until after Halloween, you could just take this as a happy happy Halloween wish for 2021, which will hopefully find us in a better situation than we're at now. But uh, yeah, thank you all for joining us and talk to you next time. Hey, it's Zen Zenith. And I'm Jake Lloyd, and we are the co-founders of Dragon Wagon Radio. This podcast you're listening to right now is a podcast on the Dragon Wagon Radio Network. An independent podcast network comprised of artists, journalists, educators, and more with a wide variety of different shows to put in your ear holes. Simply search Dragon Wagon Radio in your favorite podcast player to see everything we have to offer. Or if you're a stickler for a web browser, you can find it all online at dragonwagonradio.com. Do it! Dragon Wagon.